Hello, this is Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you with sharing the Word of God. Today we want to share the preached gospel with you, and we're going to be coming from three passages of scriptures. Uh, 1 Kings 19, verses 11 through 12, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, and Romans 8, 37. And it reads like this, 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passeth by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight reads, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And Romans 8, 37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. And from these passages of scriptures, our topic we're going to be talking about is stay in the game. Stay in the game. I remember years ago, I used to like to uh, get word puzzles and get puzzles that were filled with uh, a maze. And if you ever looked at a maze in one of the puzzle books, there are turns and weaves, and you're supposed to, the object of the game is that you will go through, through the turns and try to find your way out of the maze and if you could figure out how to get out of that maze after going through different corridors you could always breathe a sigh of relief because you'd won the game you had the victory but before you could get to the end of the maze you would come into dead ends and have to turn around sometime and find another pathway Enable to be able to finally get through the maze. Well, life can be much like a maze as we travel through the course of life, through the twists and through the turns, and we go over hills and through valleys, peaks, and cliffs. I just wish that life in the maze that was intricately drawn on the paper and you could view it from the top and get some kind of idea of how big the maze was and some of the turns that you could face and you could look at the paper with the maze drawn on it and sort of figure out how you would get through all the turns and stuff that was written on the paper maze. But you see, Life isn't quite like that drawn on the paper where you can have that big perspective 
as to how the game looked or what you would have to go through to get to the end. And unlike the Halloween mazes where people actually literally went in the cornfields and would go through a maze at Halloween time and would have some scary sights along some of the turns, although we were scared, we knew that whatever it was that was out in the cornfield, a clown or some creature dressed up with a scary costume on, we always knew that the Halloween theme was just that. It was a Halloween theme, not that we're glorifying that day. But we know that those things that we saw in that cornfield in the maze, they weren't real. Yet, in the maze of life, it's all too real sometimes. So, the question is, how do you stay in the game? How do you stay in the game of life and you not give up? How do you go through the maze when you run into the unexpected? How do you not be afraid when you can't see the end, when you don't know which way to go? How do you, how do you stay in the game? How do you stay in a game and not lose your mind? How do you keep going? How do you keep fighting when it seems that everything is fighting you? When it seems like it's all an uphill battle? How do you keep going? How do you keep fighting? How do you keep pushing? In the Bible, there's nothing that's new under the sun. The Bible has an illustration of a man by the name of the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. And we find that in this story, Elijah is running from the queen Jezebel. Elijah had killed the false prophets of Baal, and now he was running for his life. And so Elijah said, He had to leave. He was running. And Jezebel made a statement. Elijah's on the run. He's running from this woman called Jezebel because he's killed all of her prophets. And Jezebel makes a statement to Elijah and says in 1 Kings 19 and 2, May the gods punish me terribly if by this time tomorrow I don't kill you just as you kill those prophets. And so it was that Elijah heard this and he meditated on it. He knew what he had done. This great prophet of God who was working and playing in the game for God, doing what God had told him to do. Now here it was that this man who had called down fire from heaven, he's running now from Jezebel because she made a promise that she was going to kill him. So he goes and he runs and he gets to Bathsheba in Judah and he leaves his servant there. Then Elijah walked a whole day in the desert. He's running from Jezebel. He sat down under a juniper tree and he asked to die. You ever had so much on you 
that you got the pressures of life. You got everybody asking you something. You got everybody wanting you to do something. You've got responsibilities. You've got working on that job. You got to take care of your family. You got your husband. You got your children. The car's messed up. The car needs cleaning. You've got to deal with maintenance issue. And sometimes it just gets to be too much. And so Elijah, this great prophet of God, he is sitting here where he's run. He's sitting on a, a juniper tree and he's asking to die. Have you ever had enough? Have you ever just been to the place where you just, Lord, just go on and kill me? Lord, I have had enough, he prayed. Let me die. He said it was be- he was not better than his father. So Elijah was tired. Elijah was in a place now in his mind where he had been the prophet of God and he had done great things for the Lord. But in his mind, his mind was perplexed. And so he laid down and he fell asleep under a juniper tree. Sometimes in life, when we get so weary and so bogged down, we like a little cranky baby. You ever had a baby and you had to rock that baby? That baby would whine and that baby would cry because the baby really was sleepy or the baby was tired or the baby needed changing or the baby needed some rest and you needed some rest too by the time the baby got through cutting up on you. So we'd feed the baby and try to get the baby to go to sleep and then we could get some peace, peace, peace of mind. And so here it was that this great prophet Elijah, he had fallen asleep under a juniper tree. And after this, an angel comes and he touches him and he says to him, arise and eat. And he looked and there was a cake baked for him and some water. And he ate it and he drank and he laid back down. And the angel came to him the second time. The angel touched him and he said, arise and eat because this journey is too great for thee. I believe sometimes that The Lord looks at us and looks at the journey that we got to go to. And he says for us to arise and to eat. Yeah, we need this natural food, but we also need this spiritual food. We need the spiritual feeding of our inner being so that we are able to deal with this journey. We are able to stay in the fight that God has for us. So the angel tells him to arise, Elijah and eat because this journey is too great for thee. And so Elijah in First Kings 19, Elijah arose and he did eat. And he went in the strength of that meat for 40 days and 40 nights unto Mount Horeb. And so he was going to the place where God was. And he went unto Mount Horeb and he lodged in a cave. And the word of the Lord came unto him there saying, What doest thou, Elijah? So there's a conversation going on. Sometimes God can ask us, have you ever been in a place where your mind is just running rampant, where your mind is worrying about everything? Your mind is running 90 miles an hour. Your mind is filled and perplexed with so much trouble because you got so many things going on at one time. Have you ever been in a situation like Elijah? What do you do when it's so much? What do you do when you want to throw your hands up? What do you do? What do you do? 
So Elijah's here at Mort Horeb. And then the spirit, then there's a question that's asked to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? God might ask you, what are you doing here, Betty? Why are you thinking like this? Betty, why, what, what are you doing, Deborah? What are you doing, Jacob? Jacob, why are you so downtrodden? Jacob, what, what's on your mind? What's wrong with you? Wallace, what is wrong with you? So the many questions that could be asked of all of us, what's on your mind? What's wrong with you? What are you doing here? What are you doing in this state of consciousness? Elijah answered back and he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. So Elijah's thinking everybody done gave up on God. Elijah done had it. So he says, uh, they thrown down your altars. I'm in the first Kings 19 and 10. He says, they thrown down your altars and slain your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left and they seek my life to take it away. He's talking about Jezebel. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord and behold the Lord passed by and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord the Lord was not in the wind and the wind after the wind there came an earthquake there came a shaking And you would think that with the shaking and you would think that with the breaking of the rocks, you would think that that force and that power, God would be in that. Uh, But the Lord was not in the breaking of the rocks. The Lord was not in the strong wind. And the Lord, when the earthquake came, he wasn't in the earthquake. And it says after the earthquake of fire. All the fury and the blaze of it, you would think that that passing by, that that would be God. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. And so it was when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle. And he went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? So Elijah repeats the same thing. You ever had the voice of God come and speak to you? Sometimes we call it something just told me, but it's not something that just tells you when you know that you ought not to be over there where you're not supposed to be. When you know that you ought not to do some of the things that you do. This is the voice of the Lord speaking to you to pull correction back into us. To get us back on the good fight. To get us going back in the trajectory of what we're supposed to be doing. To get us going back in the direction that God wants us to go. So Elijah repeats it again. And he says, 
I have been very jealous for the Lord. I'm in first Kings 19, 14. I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. And sometimes we feel alone. So ain't no Christians out here. Sometimes we feel but us feels like everybody else has forsaken, even though we know that's not true. But that's the way we feel when we get stressed out and down and overwhelmed. Seems like ain't nobody helping. Seems like we might feel like we just doing everything. So Elijah says, because the children of Israel have forgotten thy cover, thrown down thy office, slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I am left and they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, go. Ain't it something? Return thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. Sometimes we run from things and God will send us right back to where we run from because we got to learn a lesson right there in the midst of the trouble, in the midst of the game, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the maze. And he says, when thou comest or not Haziel to be the king over Syria, he tells them some things that he wants him to do. So Elijah follows those things what the Lord tells him to do and he lets him know he goes and he lets him know he tells him to anoint Jehu to be the king over Israel and Elisha anoint him to be the prophet in that room and it shall come to pass that him that escapes the sword he's talking about Haziel he's God is laying out how he's going to do things that Haziel that the escape of the sword of Haziel, Jehu is going to slay. And him that escape of the sword of Jehu, Elisha will slay. And then God tells Elijah, well, Elijah's thinking he's the only one. He feels like he's the only one playing in the game. You feel like you the only one doing the work for the Lord. Sometimes God reminds him and says to him, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal and every mouth which has not kissed him. So sometimes it may seem like we're alone. Sometimes when we're going through a maze and we can't even see but what is up ahead of us, then it feels like we're all alone. But God's got a remnant out there who are still serving the Lord. Everybody ain't sinning. Everybody ain't stealing. Everybody ain't lying. Everybody ain't committing adultery. All the preachers not falling short of God's glory. There are some preachers who preach in the word of God. There are some church folks who are living out the word of God. There are some believers out there walking in faith. God's got a remnant that are telling the world what thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. What thus saith the Lord. So he says, you got to stay in the game. Sometimes God's got to clear our heads. Sometimes God's got to clear our minds. Just like the fog when you're driving down the road, sometimes that fog can get so thick and so deep, you got to slow down when you're driving a car. God's, God has to clear out the clutter that's up there in our minds when we let everything get so perplexed. God has to make us see that we're not alone. You're not the only Christian fighting in this race. We are a church. We are a church. We are the body of Christ and no one is fighting this fight alone.
God's going to give you strategy to win. He's going to equip us to be able to stay in the game, to be able to get the things done that God wants done. John 14 and 6 tells us that Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. And he is the life. And then he says that no man can go unto the Father but by me. Jesus speaks of himself. So the ability to be able to walk, as I started off when the puzzle game, the maze of life, you can't see every crook and every turn. You can't see the full scope of how your life will pan out. Just as the maze in the cornfield at the time when there are scary sights to come in, God is going to give you the ability, you woman of God, you man of God, you child of God, God will give you the ability to move in with him and to keep your mind in perfect peace. Isaiah tells us that thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee so trust in the Lord forever for Jehovah the I am is your everlasting strength so God will give us that ability to do what we need to do to stay in the game to stay in the fight to fight it out until the end to not give up to go through the valleys, to go through the storms, to go through the raging wind. God gives us that ability to do what we need to do. I remember you ever been deep in prayer and in the midst of being deep in prayer, you can go to a place in God where there is perfect peace. And when you come out of that prayer, You know that God has heard your pleas. You know that God has heard the thanksgiving and the praise that you have given him. You know that God has seen and heard the warfare of prayer that you have done to him because you have prayed from a place of being seated in a heavenly place. And so you know that you've tapped into the spirit, into the things of God, and you're no longer yourself when you're in that in the presence of the living God when you're in his presence you humble yourself down because the mighty hand of God has entered the room and you can tell that God almighty is there but there's a coming out of prayer that when you come back out of prayer you go back into this world And you have to live and deal with people who were not in that prayer room where you were, who have not been in that presence of God where you were. And so it is that you go back into a world where there are sinners and there are people out here who are going to lie, who are going to curse, who are going to steal. There are people who just purposely may want to ruin your day. But it's the question is, is you got to stay in the game. There's a song that's out now. It's called, It's a Fixed Fight. 
and we've already won. I don't know who wrote that song, but I've heard it over and over. It's a fixed fight, and we've already won. And so the thing about that is, is that if it's a fixed fight, just like wrestling, you ever watch wrestling? My uh, daughter loves to watch wrestling. I say this is just the most fake stuff I ever have seen. And so, but... And I had an uncle who used to love to watch wrestling. He's passed on the glory now. But it's a fixed fight. Wrestling is a fixed fight. They throw punches and fall, and then it's a fixed fight. They've already got lined up who's going to win this fight. And they fight it out just like they get knocked out. They fight it out, and then they get back up, and you think one is knocked out. But, no, he's going to get back up to fight some more. But it's a fixed fight. So I came to tell you that that your life and my life, when we feel like we want to give up, when we feel like it's the end, it's a fixed fight. We've already won because Satan is defeated and we are sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's a fixed fight. It's a fixed fight, and we're going to win this fight. When we are born again, Paul makes a statement in 1 Corinthians 15, 31, and he talks about how he dies daily. Death is necessary in us. In us, death is necessary in us so that the glory of God can be revealed in us. So that God, when he uh, sees us, his, his, his vessel, your heart and my heart, it is clean before the Lord. Yeah, we are the, we ought to be the reflection. We ought to show the very express nature of our God. So it says in that we are sown in corruption, but we are raised. We're 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 raised in incorruption. We're sown in dishonor, but we're raised in glory. We're sown in weakness, but we're raised in power. We're sown a natural body, but we're raised a spiritual body because we believe in our Christ Jesus. He is the son of God and he is helping us. He is helping us along the way. So stay in the game, stay in the fight, keep on working for God and don't give up. Your road may be heavy. People may talk about you. People may laugh at you. People may call you nothing, but you ain't going to make, say you're not going to make it. People may cast your name down as dirt. People might look at you as trailer park trash. People might look at you, you too fat, you too old, you too dark, you too ugly. However people, whatever people say, people going to say what they say. But your God is saying you are fearfully, you are wonderfully made, you are are, are, are formed in my image. And so God is encouraging you. He is encouraging me. He's saying in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it tells us, therefore, my beloved brethren is what the, what the writer is saying. Be ye steadfast, be ye unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I look at some people and they keep fighting. They keep pushing they keep pressing, they keep moving because they know that this fight is not about them. When you're raising your children, the fight is not about you, mama. The fight is not about you, daddy. The fight is that God has entrusted these little ones in your hand and you are to shape them 
and to mold them and to train them up in the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. So it says that you are to be steadfast and unmovable and, and abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So here it is that your heart is right before God and God is moving in you. You are sanctifying yourself. You are dying daily. You are steadfast and fixed in a place. You're in a firm belief. You're determined. You're loyal to the word of God. You are immovable. You're not able to be moved from your convictions of the word. You are bounding and you're doing the work of God. Your labor, you're working hard for God and doing something for him because you know that he needs to get the glory. You're like that weeble, the Toy the weeble is the commercial says the weebles may wobble but they don't fall down. But sometimes in Christians' life, the toy the toy would bounce down, but it'll bounce back up. God will rejuvenate you in this fight. God transform you spiritually in this fight to give you the ability to keep moving moving in him so whenever you get knocked down you bounce back up you get knocked over you get back up God there's like gas being poured into you it's from the Holy Spirit so God just like babies that are born over the course of time they grow up you ever seen a baby trying to walk he walks a little bit at a time and he walks a little bit and then he falls over but he keeps on trying and he keeps moving and after a while he learns how to walk well in the spirit there is the recognition that we're supposed to be growing in the spirit we come off of baby food and we start to eat the strong meat of the word we get to know God he is God he's just not a concept but he becomes God he is Lord he is creator he is the one who rules the day he is the one who has our life in the palms of his hands and so it is that we grow up and we mature we're able to fall down on our knees and call on Abba Father on this journey so stay in the game we surrender our will to him let him Put the wishes and the desires in our heart. We lay down before our God. The Bible says in Romans 8 and 26, and I got to wrap this up. It says, likewise, the spirit, meaning God himself, Christ in us, that hope of glory. He helps our infirmities. You know, you not all that in a bag of chips. You know, you got some issues going on in you. You know, it's some things that you have to put under the feet of God. But he says right now, he says, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit maketh intercession for us all the time. So the Spirit maketh intercessions for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Jesus is praying for you. Thank God he's praying for me. Thank God he's praying for you. Thank God Jesus is interceding for our world. Just as Jesus told Peter he was praying for him. 
because Satan wants to sift you as wheat. If Satan wanted to sift the disciples as wheat, what do you think about that he wants to do for you? What do you think he wants to do with you when you pray in the God and you go in the church? What do you think he wants to do for you when he keeps knocking you upside your head, but you keep on trusting in the Lord? What do you think the devil wants to do for you when you keep on believing in God and he's trying to get you to reject God? You stay in the game. You keep on fighting because God is there with us. You're not alone in the struggle. God's got a remnant out here who have not bowed down to Baal, who have not compromised their position, who have not stopped trying to get out of the maze, who have not given up on God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ is what it says. Shall tribulation, we know we're going to go through it. Tribulation can't separate you and I from God. Distress can't separate us. Persecution can't separate us. Famine cannot separate us. Nakedness or peril or sword. None of these things can separate us. We're going to go through them. We will have them. But God is ever present with us. Hallelujah. God will be with you in the midnight hours. And God will be with you in troublesome times. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. You are the sons and the daughters of the most high God. And we are royalty. And whatever God says in his word, it works for us. Whatever God has promised in your word, as you stay in the game, it works for us. Nothing can separate us. I am persuaded, Paul says in Romans 8 and 38, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor death or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ Jesus our Lord. Stay in the game. It might get hard. Stay in the game. It might get troublesome. Stay in the game. You might not know what to do, but stay in the game. Don't give up on God. He is ever present with you and he is ever presently leading you. Stay in the game and don't quit. When they laugh at you, don't quit. When they talk about you, don't quit. I stop by to tell you if they laugh at how you preach, don't quit. Because if you stay in this game long enough, you're going to win some souls for Jesus Christ. Somebody's going to not give up because you gave them an encouraging word. You were there at the right time, at the right minute when somebody needed to hear what thus saith the Lord. Stay in the game. When you don't have enough money, stay in the game. When your health is failing, stay in the game. No matter what they say, stay in the game. 
and don't give up because one day God is going to be coming. One day God is going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. One day God is going to call you home and you want God to be pleased with what you do. You want God to be pleased with what you say. You want God to say, welcome home, thy good and faithful servant. You want God to be able to say, that's my child right now. And God wants to be, you want him to be pleased with you. So stay in the game and don't give up. Stay in the game and don't give up. Stay in God's game and don't give up. Hallelujah. 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 Stay in the game. Well, this has been the word of the Lord. And I hope that this has been an encouragement for somebody who is listening at the voice of this evangelist crying out to the world, stay in the game. God is with you, my brother and my sister. And just know that God is watching over you. Yes, it may fear. It may be scary sometimes as you walk through the maze of life. But the Lord is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. And God is walking right there. Stay under the shadow of the Almighty because God is right there with you. Be encouraged in the Lord. Be encouraged in the Lord. And it will be all right. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. This has been Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you with sharing the word of God. Until we meet again, you be blessed and bye-bye.